Blog Talk Radio. Listen to their struggles as they turn them into triumphs. In a city full of challenges, they only search for victory, and nothing will hold them back. These are their stories. So sit back, relax, and welcome to their city. Wrestle City Radio. And hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Russell City Radio. I am your host, George Alonzo. And uh, before we even continue on with the show, I want to say on behalf of everyone uh, from behind the scenes of Russell City Radio to, of course, the people on air like myself and the law, Ray Ramundo, we send out all of our biggest symphony, uh, well, symphonies, well, I'm talking about like an orchestra or something. Uh, we're Deepest symphony. Uh, I can't even talk today, man. This this like really pulls my emotions, and I'm sorry, folks, it, because it's a very very touchy subject. Uh, we send out our dearest uh, condolences and, and sincere apologies to everyone, all families, friends, acquaintances, uh, you know, of the victims of the dreaded Las Vegas massacre. Uh, you know, we pray for all of you. We hope the best for all of you. Uh, this should be another reason why the United States should not be going against one another. And at this time, we should all band together and show the world why we are the strongest nation in the world and go out and help these poor people who lost their lives and battling for their lives in the hospitals, 527 injured in this mass shooting with 58 now pronounced dead and of course our deepest uh, condolences also to mr tom petty uh rock legend who just passed away at the age of 66 uh just passed away maybe about uh, two hours ago uh, when it was reported by tmz.com but guys, again, please, our prayers are from everyone here related with Russell City Radio. We send out our prayers and, our, of course, our wishes and, our, and everything. And we will be there, uh, if we can, to help out all these people in need in, in order to move forward. So our prayers are with you. Uh, Ray, I know I haven't been able to introduce you, but this is a very touchy subject. Do uh, you have anything to say? Uh, no introductions needed, George. This is this is a little bit of a shoot. This is no characters here. This is us truly trying to just say our best wishes and just our condolences and our our sympathy with everyone that is being affected, not just by the Las Vegas shooting. Again, to the family of Tom Petty, of Petty again. It's a rock legend that has passed away, and another legend leaves us. All of those affected now by the hurricanes right now. The world, the world is in sorrow, and it's just getting deeper and deeper every day. It really shows you have to enjoy every moment, 
And that's what we're going to hear now. We're going to lighten up the mood a little bit and give you another episode of Wrestle City Radio. I'm the Law Ray Ramundo. You already heard my co-host, George Alonzo. And we're going to give you a little bit of fun because right now I know we're all in. We're getting to that point of sorrow, but, hey, we have to be a little bit happy. We have to enjoy every moment. And, George, let's talk about that wacky world of professional wrestling. Yay! Don't you start that. <laughs> Yay! Stop that. Anyway. I'm leaving a call. Yay! So, guys, again, welcome to, like I said, you know, like uh, Ray Ramundo, he couldn't have said that any better. Uh, we're going to try our best to, of course, change the mood uh, that's out there for anyone tuning in during this very, very tough time. Uh, of course, we thank you. And for those who can't or won't or won't, wasn't able to listen to us live and right now listening to us on archive, we thank you very much and we completely understand if you could not hear us live due to the situation that's currently happening in the world. But guys, think of it this way. Uh, if right now the reason why all this is because we are all separated, we are all against each other. If we band together and we all fight for and show the world why we are the United States of America, I could guarantee you this will be a whole lot better. So, guys, let's fight for a better future, not for just for us, but for our children and our children's children, and let's leave this country in good hands. So, guys, that's all I got to say about that oh, subject. Man. But, guys, we have... Yep, and guys, we have a great, great show here to talk about. We're going to be talking about WWE Raw, uh, what we're expecting here tonight. Also, who do we think is the most underutilized wrestler in the WWE? And, of course, uh, guys, from everyone, every time you hear the name Goldberg on a newscast or an interview, there's always a question of saying, will we ever see Goldberg return to the WWE ever again? Uh, after his loss to Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Now, but aside from that, we also are going to be talking to a very young lady who has already traveled the seas, overseas, at the age of 22. Okay? She's already gone overseas to Japan, debuted for stardom, and she's currently now part of the Women of Honor brand in Ring of Honor. We're going to be welcoming Ms. Gabby Ortiz, a student of the Monster Factory uh, with Danny Cage, uh, and he's, she's going to be here a little later today, Ms. Gabby Ortiz. She's also the secretary uh, of, of the mayor in her city. Mm, interesting. This is very yeah, ever wonder if, if that kind of, like, conflicts? Because, like, I'm trying to, uh, you know, run a wrestling show here in the city of Sweetwater, and right now the commissioners are the ones funding this. They're the ones backing this. And they've always, like, I've always wondered, how does wrestling mix up with politics? Like, not politics of wrestling. I'm talking about politics, <laughs> politics. You know, we've seen just the Ventura you're talking, you're talking politics, right obviously. Now to the law. You're talking to the law right here, so I'm the perfect image of how wrestling and every, everything in that order can work together in one bond, because wrestling is something that brings family together, brings everything, and could unite a state, like Gabby proves. She's working with the she's, she's helping, she's assisting, and she's still kicking butt on the weekend, so we'll get to talk to her later on about that. We'll ask her what, what are her opinions on it. And Definitely. So we finding out a little more on Gabby. She's closer to my side of the of the town, George. She's all the way yep. over here, and I actually 
Didn't know. I, I may get to see her in Jersey in a few weeks. So, interesting. Yep, Ms. Let's talk about Ms. that Gabby later Ortiz. Yep. With, well, Ms., again, Ms. Gabby Ortiz will be here on the show at 7.30 as she's going to be talking about her life in politics. Uh, and, of course, uh, being already across the seas, not just like under like in Puerto Rico or something, but in Japan. That's completely on the other side of the world, completely brand new people. She didn't know anyone over there. And she succeeded in the organization of stardom, which is practically where a lot of great women are coming from now that you see on the WWE, uh, including, of course, Tony Storm and uh, Kyrie Hojo, now known as Kyrie Sane in the WWE. So, guys, Ooh. let's start talking. Yep, let's start talking about who we think is the most underutilized wrestler in the WWE. Now that I bring up Kyrie Sane, uh, Ray, Wait, I want you to. That's not the best segue, George. Kyrie Sane is being the most utilized at the moment. She's in the number one. She's in the fatal four-way for the NXT Women's Title. She's getting. I up. never said. But, this was going to be a segue. I'm opening up. Listen, you know, with, with, you need to learn how to segue, young man. No, I'm just kidding. Basically. You want a segue, George? This is a segue. Talking about. Go ahead, Mr. Segway. You, know you know how many talent and I see right now are not getting that push or not getting that good use? We have guys like No Way Jose, Lars Sullivan. Those are guys that aren't getting pushed. But now that's a segue, George. Because now we're going to talk about the main product. We're going to talk about the WWE. Now, we bring up underutilized. The first name that every person that's listening right now is going to say is Dolph Ziggler. We're not going to say Dolph Ziggler. You know why, George? Because that's the easy way out. But we don't take the easy road. We're Wrestle City. We're just going to do it the hard way. Pause on that. Don't take it. Don't take it that way. Sick listeners. Okay. <laughs> Okay, now I'm listening. I'm waiting for your damn answer. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you have to wait for the right answer, George. It doesn't come easy. It comes at a price. Now, my answer. Where's my Jeopardy music when I need it? My underutilized superstar currently is Finn Balor. Finn Balor. You think that he's the most underutilized wrestler currently in the WWE? This is why. Big. He was doing so much in Japan, doing so much on the Indies, as a guy that's been known all around, and to now be in a feud with Ray Wyatt, losing the feud, and a feud with Goldust or Dustin Reynolds, whatever you want to call him, it's like, what the hell is the point? This guy was supposed to be on top of the world as universal champion, and now he's under mid-card. So that's my opinion. It's a guy that's well, already that, on the top that should be there. To my opinion, that's the most underutilized. Having a star player just nothing. Well, okay. I, I have to I give you credit that from what I've even heard in reports is that uh, Triple H is even currently unsatisfied. He's not satisfied in the with the positioning and the writing for currently what Finn Balor is scheduled for. So, so far, you might not be by yourself here. You know, you might be together with one of the higher authorities in that situation. 
But in my case, one of the most underutilized wrestlers, and mind you, uh, uh, Mr. Ramundo, you could actually mention more than one if you like, because I'm pretty sure there's more than one in many people's minds. But one of the people that I think is the most underutilized wrestlers in the WWE, and mind you, this is going to come off as a shock. You're going to probably be like, why? And on top of that is the other person you mentioned in the Finn Balor feud, and that is Bray Wyatt. The reason why I'm thinking that Bray Wyatt is very underutilized is the man's promos are pure magic, okay? His promos are amazing. When he first came into the WWE as that main product, you would just turn off all your appliances. You would, tur- you would hang up the phone. You would do anything that you needed to do just to make sure that you listened to what Bray Wyatt had to say. Now it's kind of like, eh. You know, we, you made us lose that attention that Bray Wyatt had. You remember how much uh, people were giving standing ovations, ovations, like even face, uh, like good guy ovations when Bray Wyatt would walk into the arena. Now it's kind of like, where is that? All, all you see is the fireflies, but after that you hear crickets. So it's, to me, I feel like Bray Wyatt is one of the most underutilized wrestlers in the WWE currently right now. And on top of that, for a guy that is given the title of the new face of fear, which is practically saying, hey, The Undertaker has passed his uh, scary gimmick, his undead gimmick, over to Bray Wyatt. A legend like The Undertaker gave that, or should I say they passed it on to Bray Wyatt to all of a sudden fall flat like a dead fish? I feel like it's, I feel like Bray Wyatt is one of those victims of being underutilized. I don't know if you agree with me there, Ray. No, I can agree with you there, George, because we kind of, we're on the same boat. And what it falls onto, on, under is this. Both towns were pushed too soon. Bray Wyatt, the minute he debuted, and this gimmick was such brought up of, oh, the Wyatts and such dominance, they're going to be this new face of fear. And Finn Balor just being the demon, they were pushed so quickly that it kind of fell flat. They lost direction, and the fans still love them because Bray Wyatt still gets somewhat of a reaction, but the fans know if there's no reason for us to cheer, we're just going to be silent. WWE lost that spark for both towns. So it's perfect that they're in a feud right now, and they are currently the, two of the most un- underutilized talents other than Dolph Ziggler, but that's, again, that's the easy answer. But these two, yes, and I guess that's going to be the idea now is the winner of this feud maybe gets utilized? Is that the prize yeah. at the end of the- <laughs> Will a winner Who do you think? The, who do you think is the most uh, underutilized woman? Ooh, underutilized woman. I could tell you right now uh, who my pick is. Mm. You want me to go first? Because I have it right here, right now. Nia Jax. Nia Jax. Yes, really. Because, again, every week we're fed the same story, that Nia Jax is the monster of the women's division. And, mind you, 
I believe it. She has the look for it. She has the power. She has the look. She has the size. She has everything to back up the title, the monster of the women's division. But for Christ's sake, she's the only woman that they announced her weight. She could actually go in there and fight a man, okay? She has that look. She looks like that type that I could push her like a China, uh, God bless your soul. But she looks like that type of person that could go in there and have a one-on-one match with a man. But every mm. single time I see Nia Jax get in there, for, <clears throat> for example, with the smaller talents, she's always losing. So how am I supposed to accept that she's a monster, but she loses to everybody? I don't, like, it's, to me, like, here's one thing that I shared with, uh, with one of my partners at the other show that I conduct on Mondays with the Roman show. One thing I told him was that Nia Jax should have won that fatal four-way, okay, at uh, No Mercy. Why? Because that was going to make sure that was going to staple her as that woman that needs to be beaten, now, to me, it would have made perfect sense for Asuka to come up to the main roster and be the one to beat Nia Jax, because it takes a monster to beat a monster. But we didn't see that happen, and now we still see Alexa Bliss as the women's champion. I'm not saying that she's a bad champion. I'm a big fan of Alexa Bliss. I'm just saying as a person, if it was up to me, I would have rather seen Nia Jax win the women's title, go on to defend it against Asuka, and then Asuka defeating Nia, thus both of them still keeping their image as monsters to be, the, to be beaten. At least that's my opinion. Mm, definitely, definitely. So, so uh, we could why do I have a feeling answer? I stumped you? No, no. It's just that my answer would have been so easy if it wasn't for a week ago. A week ago, she returned. If not, I would have said her was Mickey James because she she's been nowhere. She's the veteran that WWE was supposed to have under their wing. Like, okay, this is what's going to build the women's division again. Having a veteran just mix in with the newbies, but now it's like okay. <coughs> She might be in the title picture, so we can't use her. So, in my opinion, from the left of the bunch, I actually have to say Naomi. Now, you're going to say it's weird because, yes, she was the former champion, but the way she was used as champion didn't play a purpose. Natalia now is champion. She's making the title legitimate. And Naomi, yes, she was a, she was a women's champion for a while, Sadly, it didn't give that it didn't give that itch factor that now Natalia's bringing in and even on Raw, Alexa's given. So to me, that's my pick. It's Naomi. From just now after the rest of the bunch and just looking at logistics, Naomi's my answer. Hmm. What do you think about that? I have to say good pick. I feel like you and I are both like neck and neck when it comes to underutilized. We both said Bray Wyatt and, of course, Finn Balor are the men. And, of course, Nia Jax and uh, Mickey and Naomi. Sorry, I almost mistook it uh, for the first person you mentioned. Uh, Nia Jax and Naomi are the most u- underutilized in the women's. So, you know, I have to say very good neck-to-neck choices. 
Uh, we would love to hear what your opinions are, of course, on our fan page. If you haven't liked us or followed us yet, go ahead and do that at www.facebook.com backslash Wrestle City Radio, and let us hear your opinion on this matter. Who do you think is the most underutilized male wrestler and most underutilized female wrestler uh, in the business or in the WWE per se? Uh, let us know your opinion. You could uh, sh- uh, share your opinion on the same uh, common area of this show where you will see, of course, the the, the flyer of Ms. Gabby Ortiz on there. Uh, but aside from that, guys, we also have another topic to talk about, and that is, of course, uh, the main question that everyone has in their mind every time you see him on TV, every time you hear his name. I'm talking about the man we all know as Goldberg. Would he ever return to the WWE ever again? Uh Basically, from what I've hear uh, count, countless of times on on d- different newscasts, he's always teasing a possible return and who you would like to face. We've heard uh, from different time and time again Goldberg versus Roman Reigns, uh, and personally, you know, of course, him teasing his return. Now, one thing I will say this, uh, Ray, before you go ahead and speak your opinion, I'm going to say this: I would actually like to say go, see Goldberg come back. And reason why is this. I would love to see Goldberg finally pass the torch over to somebody. Because if you think that he passed the torch over to Brock Lesnar, I don't think you're, you're, you're right in that situation because they're both veterans of the business already. Okay, those guys have been feuding since WrestleMania 20. <laughs> so it's not a situation of, hey, I passed the torch over to Brock, I'm done, that's it. I feel like Brock needs to, I mean, sorry, I feel like Goldberg needs to pass the torch to a younger uh, talent in the business. And I feel like, uh, and a lot of people are going to go up against me when it comes to this, but I feel like that one person that needs to be passed the torch to is Roman Reigns. What's your take on that, uh, Ray? Oh, God. Okay, <laughs> here we go, here we go. I'm going to go okay. from the fan's perspective on this one on one point. Do we do we need a Goldberg return? No. Would it be good nostalgia? Yes, but at the end of the day, Goldberg's little title run kind of, it killed the purpose of it. Goldberg coming back, doing the one-off would have been perfect. It was fun. Goldberg went up high. That's it. Doing it and elongating it for so long, it kind of killed steam. And it makes it like, we didn't need it for that long. And to think Goldberg wants to return, it's like, no, just stay home. You had your fun. That's it. Now, staying to pass the torch, Goldberg, no offense to the legend because I respect the guy, he doesn't have it anymore. No offense to your opinion, George, but... In my opinion, it's like Goldberg's done. He's already passed his prime. If anything, he kind of had that pass the torch to Triple H, to The Rock, and that was way back when. Goldberg, he did, he did great with Brock. He did great with Kevin. But I don't see Goldberg needing to come back. And to pass the Roman, I think Zena did the perfect job last weekend at No Mercy. That's what we need to see, something like that having the old Xena versus the new Xena, because most people, Roman Reigns, is our new John Xena, our new Hulk Hogan, 
something like that. So Goldberg, yes, I was a fan of his, but I don't see a purpose in him coming back. Okay, now I have a question in that case, though, because, of course, uh, like we all think, well, like you were saying, uh, Roman Reigns is practically almost like the next Hulk Hogan or John Cena or whatever you want to call it. And obviously, like, if so far what the rumors are saying is that we're going to see Roman Reigns battle Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for the heavyweight championship, where obviously I feel like uh, this is going to be Brock Lesnar's final match in the WWE before he goes on to MMA uh, or returns to MMA. So it's almost like Brock Lesnar is also passing the torch to Roman Reigns, and with, of course, with Brock, uh, you know, Goldberg even wanting to pass the torch to Roman Reigns. Do you think that's uh, like one torch too many for Roman? I think it's, again, the Vince motto right now. He's trying to make Roman into this new top position. Hogan did the same. Hogan had to go over Sheik, had to do the backland, and those were the original guys. So it's always, you're always going to want to bring in your top players to put over your new player. It's always going to be like that with Vince, and that's always the motto. But I don't see a need for Goldberg to do it. Brock, yes, because I guess they want to see what would have happened in the singles match years ago. So now it's going to be a new Roman, the Roman that's already seasoned a bit with Brock Lesnar still being a monster. So I guess that's the appeal with that. But Goldberg really, I don't see it really needing to happen. Yes, what I want to see the Brock versus Roman, just because it's going to play out anyway, we've seen it getting built. So yes to that, the Goldberg still, I don't see the purpose in reality. Well, to me, I'm just going to say this right now. For anyone that's hating on Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, let me tell you something. I loved their first encounter, okay? I don't know who was not a fan of that, but I loved it because it was so remi- – it, it reminded me so much of the Japanese strong style uh, where they were actually hitting each other because these are two guys that could actually take it. Uh, Brock Lesnar because of his football slash MMA background, and of course Roman Reigns due to his Samoan background, and those Samoans can take a hit. So I love the fact that we actually. <laughs> I love the I'm fact sorry, that we were. At... But I. Good. You bring up. Go ahead. Brock can take it because of a UFC and football. Roman, no, he's just Samoan. That's it. Well, isn't it the truth? Listen, The Rock could take a hit, okay? Uh, Freaking Roman Reigns was a perfect example. Umaga, my God, that man could take a punishment. (laughs) So, God bless you, Umaga. But but you get what I'm trying to say, though. Stop hating on what I'm trying to do. Listen, I'm going to freaking throw you like a Frisbee, man. I swear, next time I see you. Anywho, so, and and stop judging me, okay? Sheesh. Anywho, so, basically, I I love their first encounter. I don't know about you, uh, of course, Ray, but I love their first encounter at WrestleMania uh, where they were just literally going at each other, uh, bleeding uh, the hard way, and, and it was just fabulous. And I feel like all those people that were hating on it the first time was kind of shocked come time of the event because all those people were standing up saying, oh, my God, this match is actually good. So imagine... 
what's going to happen for the second round, the second come around. I'm talking about, okay, they now felt each other. They tasted each other, they, what they had. Uh, now come the second battle, their second one-on-one. Do you think we're going to be even more shocked come their second fight? Feel, I feel if the second happens, it's going to be something of if Roman wins, they're going to want this third bout to happen. But at the end of the day, it's going to be just like with Zena. It's going to be a passing of the torch. Brock would give his respect, and it's going to be something like that. But we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully, hopefully we get a better build for it and something that it's not just a one, two, three, okay, and Roman wins. No. It's going to be a hard-fought battle. They're going to give it all. And the second... And usually, sequels aren't the best, but wrestling, it's always that second match that just gives you that feeling of, I want more. So, we'll have to wait and see. Yep, exactly. So, guys, let's go ahead and now go ahead and reach out to our special guest of the evening. I'm talking about the international superstar at the age of 22. I'm talking about Ms. Gabby Ortiz. Let's go ahead and reach out. Can't believe this young lady at her young age is already going to Japan, and I've, I'm 35, about to turn 36 next week, and I've yet to even touch Japan. <laughs> Hello, Ms. Hello? Ortiz. Uh, hello, Hi. Ms. Ortiz. Hi, Ms. Ortiz. This is George and, of course, Ray Ramundo from Russell City Radio. How are you? Uh, hello, Ms. Ortiz. Okay. Hey, I'm here. Oh, there. Okay, yeah, because we're, we kind of hear you breaking up uh, just a tad. All right, hold on one second. I'm going to have to take my phone cable off. Okay. The attendant in tennis. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, no, it's okay. It's, uh, it's understandable. How are you? Down here in South Florida. Uh, good, good, Ms. Ortiz. Thanks for asking. Uh, it's not like down here in South Florida. We, we, we're we still having some technical difficulties when it comes to our signal down here ourselves. So it, it's, it comes and goes due to the hurricane. God damn you, Irma. Anyway, so uh, aside from that, of course, Ms. Ortiz, I want to say thank you very much for for sharing your time on coming on our show. I know you've been, like, literally bombarded with a very busy schedule when it comes to wrestling and your shoot job. So I thank you so very much for joining us here today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really, really thankful for you guys asking to be on. I appreciate it. It's our pleasure, Ms. Ortiz. It's our pleasure. So, so Ms. Ortiz, I, I have to say I'm, extre- I'm extremely jealous <laughs> because I'm th- I'm about to be 36 next week, okay? And you're 22 years old, and you already went across the seas to Japan. It's like, what do I have to do? Do I have to jump into, like, a, uh, a fountain of youth just so I could get a chance in Japan? <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, I'm, just uh, I'm just kidding. But, like, how does it feel? Like, I must only imagine, like, you entering the business, 22 years old, you know, and then they tell you, hey, you're going to go to Japan for stardom because I believe you won a tryout seminar uh, to go over there yeah. in the first place. But how did that feel at 22 years old? Um, it it just feels you know, it's hard to put into into of, of an older You're bringing person. up again, Mr. Ortiz. Even my sorry. Um, 
or helps a little bit. Uh, can you hear me a little better here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, so it's a little difficult to put it into perspective of someone older than me, even even my friend, she's 28, and uh, he's like, you have no idea what I would have done to be 22 to go to Japan. Like, I am 22, so I kind of... It's kind of hard to be like, oh, well, if I was, you know what I mean? <laughs> so right yeah. now, I'm, just, I'm 23 when it's happening to me. But when I'm older, I'll probably look back on it and be like, wow, that was what I did. I didn't even know what I It's, It is such a cool experience. I'm so happy that it happened, and, and I want to go back, and I plan on going back soon. So when is your birthday, by the way? You said next week? Yeah, October the 9th. I'm October 8th. <laughs> Holy hell! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Holy hell! Libra power. Okay. Oh <laughs> so, heck yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, Ray Ramundo, suck it. You're in. You're in the room now with two Libras. Now, two better than one, homie. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just so you know what, Ray? I'm so. Uh, Ray, you know something? Just go ahead and sit down. Me and Gabby are going to take care of this interview because now we're just going to talk about <laughs> horoscopes. We're talking about... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, uh, I'll be, I'll be but... back here and she'll be here. I'll just stay right <laughs> over here in New York. I'll stay in the corner. <laughs> so, so oh, I, Ray. <laughs> so I wanted to ask Ms. Ortiz because like, I, I know you even... You know, made a video which I was able to catch uh, when you shared it and you were basically doing some traveling because of course uh, it's one thing of course going to Japan and enjoying you know very great places over there and then missing your your home country uh, and then when you get back it's like oh my god I'm back home I have to visit mm-hmm. places just for I love it again you know and one of the places you stopped at was Madison Square Garden and yeah you met you mentioned that actually during your time in Japan, you know, you changed. Like, it, it changed you. It, it, it made you more mature. It made you more humble in, in your words. Tell us how that experience worked. Uh, you know, again, being 22 years old, uh, you know, at 22, I could only imagine how much pressure you also have, peer pressure per se, uh, people saying, hey, let's go party, let's go do this, let's go do that. It's, you know, at such a young age, instead you're focusing 100% on your wrestling career. Yeah. Well, I worked at a nightclub from when I was about 18 to 21. So I saw that whole life kind of unfold in front of me before I could even really involve myself in it. So it's having that interest me, so I don't feel like I'm missing out too much because I just saw people spending money all the time and obliterated and it didn't seem like very, uh, it wasn't super enticing to me. So focusing on, on work is more enticing and more fulfilling than, than partying. So there's really no pressure to that. Like, I don't have a problem telling my coworkers, like, no, I can't go out and drink after work because I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't have any interest in doing that. that. So, no real peer pressure. I'm just like, screw you guys. I'll do my own thing. And I'm <laughs> doing that anyway. So. Ah, <laughs> uh, so um, so yeah, like, it, it, but like the, it, in this case, like how Japan has changed you in so much, like it, when it comes oh. to even wrestling, because. 
like I, I I have to give you a huge congratulations on that because you know a lot of people, even the great ones like the legends, like Jeff Jarrett has once said, "Hey, it's hard to make friends in this business because everyone tends yeah. to backstab you," you know. But at the end, you know, it depends how you are as a human being, and and you said Japan changed you in that way. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I kind of when I left. Uh, from Japan at my home promotion, the MSPW, I was like, I was on top of, of the world, you know. Um, I was like, you know, the hottest thing that was around in that area. And then when I was to Japan, not so much, because, you know, I'm kind of at the bottom of the totem pole over there. When you first get there, you know, you, you know, that's, that's how it works with anything. So I kind of uh, was a big, a big fish in a little pond, and then I was a little fish in a big ocean over there. And um, I really just got, a lot of things got put into perspective for me. Like, the world is so much bigger than Philly and New Jersey. It's, it's way bigger, and I'm just one piece of it. So uh, there, there's ways to make an impact that isn't just being a whole, you know, douchebag about stuff well, there and being cocky, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I, man, I wish some people would learn from you right now, Ms. Ortiz. <laughs> so because... Because it's like, and a lot of people that are probably tuning in, you know, whether it be a veteran or someone new coming in or, or whatever, or someone who's been in the business for like two, three, four, five years, they're probably now saying, damn, me listen to a 22-year-old? But trust me, guys, I'm talking as a host. I've looked up, I've watched Ms. Ortiz's work, and I've listened, and I've read, and I've done everything that she's doing, and... Guys, she is a young lady that you do need to listen to. <laughs> because <laughs> Thank you. Because, no, my pleasure. Because think of it this way. Like, I, I wanna, I've always looked at it this way, and please correct me where I'm wrong, Ms. Ortiz. If, sure. they're, if they're asking a certain person, again, not to mark, out, uh, mark your 22 year old, uh, how you're 22 years old, but <laughs> if a country, a country – is getting someone that's 22 years old to come out to Japan where a lot of people are now labeled as this is where you truly make your career, where you really become who you want to become. Think of it. Think of it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think a giant country is going to, you know, say, hey, let's go ahead and, and spend money for, you know, <laughs> Gabby Ortiz can come over here and just, you know, just look good. <laughs> they, a country invested in you. Did, was that a lot yeah, of pressure? Good way to look at it. Oh my God, it was nothing <laughs> but pressure. I remember a week before I left, I like I, I was I couldn't sleep. I was just like, there's so much. On me. I mean, I'm still so new to the business and and to the whole culture of it. There's so many like unwritten things that you kind of have to just learn along the way. And if you piss off the wrong person, your career's over. Whatever. But that's not always the case. And I'm I. Don't, <laughs> Person, so I never, I never really pushed anybody's buttons. I kind of just do my work and and my way. Um, so I, I was like, what if it's different there? Like, what if I just, I just step on someone's toes and I didn't even mean to? Like, what do I, how do I bounce back from that? It seems impossible sometimes. Um, it was less about my inner performance because I, I knew that I could hold my own. But that I wasn't, I wasn't super worried about that. Um, but I was more worried about just assimilating to everyone around me and making sure that I was 
culturally sensitive and 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 nice to be around and that you had any sort of things to say about me and that I was always there to do work and help with the ring and and everything that you're you know expected to do but sometimes people screw it up and it's 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 easy to do that because you get kind of like caught in the whole shebang of being in Japan and being in front of all the people. It's so different than here, but um, I had to keep myself like blind. Like I was at work, you know, I wasn't working. And once I got in that mindset, I I ended up doing really well, and it became easy to assimilate and become friends with everyone there. So and then you know I'm hoping they want me back. I've spoken to to the owner of the company, and it's it's a possibility. So. I think I made a good impression. Oh, nice. I did. <laughs> there was a no, you of, did. You... There was a ton of pressure. No, definitely. I love hearing stories. Trust me. I'd rather hear stories like that than just saying yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, trust me. I, speak away. I do not mind. And I have a feeling that next week, not to kind of like overshadow you, but not. I feel like next week, not only am I going to get stories, but I feel like I'm going to get ribbed. <laughs> And yeah. you know why. So <laughs> might as well enjoy this conversation because I, – I, and now that you mentioned how nervous you were, like, the week before you left, uh, like how nervous and how, uh, how you didn't get that much sleep, I'm kind of surprised with a guy that you know <laughs> – I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want to throw your personal life out there – but a guy that you know is in your life, and this guy is probably – Practically one of the biggest rivers I've ever talked to in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and he know. caught me too. Huh? I'm not sure who you're talking about. <laughs> Is it my boyfriend? Uh, you could say that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. I didn't just want to throw your personal life out there. I'm talking about the human no, rock at LSG. Yeah, no, he's, he ribs me every day of my life. It's okay. Sometimes I think our, he's ribbing me in our relationship. Like, one day he's be like, I was kidding the whole time. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. This is just what you do. Like, like, really, like, the guy caught me off guard. Like, he's there talking about someone's thumb. I forgot about who. And I, I oh, kind of, like, send out. His best friend. <laughs> Oh God! The, the the saga of the missing thumb. So and I tell him, hey, this should be a sitcom, and he responds back to me by saying, "Hey, this is not funny. This is not a joke." And I'm like, "Oh shoot!" And then I find out it was just a rib. It was. Oh, you got a little brother, brother term. Got a love term. She uh, yeah, Tim Tim's a trooper for for dealing with that. He's still he's still. He's still getting messages about his thumb. I mean, he ribbed my dad, and my dad's a big, is a huge, huge on ribbing. And even he was like, "Oh my God, is Tim okay?" And I'm like, "Tim is fine." <laughs> you know, he just likes, he just likes some, some people. Well, guys, yeah, have fun, have fun go. with that next week. <laughs> have fun with it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you hear the sarcasm in my my voice, right? So, guys, yes. you already go. <laughs> If you already don't know, what uh, me and Ms. Ortiz are talking about is next week. Our special guest here on the show is none other than her significant other, her uh, her other half, her, the yin to her yang. Of course, I'm talking yeah. about LSG, the human rocket. Uh, and, uh, that, and if you ever want to hear a funny, funny interview, something that's pretty much probably, probably not even going to touch the surface of his career, just count, countless... Joke after joke after joke. Next week is te- 
typically the show you want to tune into. But anyway, yeah. so back, back to going to you. So, Ms. Ortiz, uh, you know, aside from the pressure, of course, that you had when you had over there, because obviously I'm only assuming that you also had, like, a language barrier. Like, a lot of people mm-hmm. that I've had on the show, they've told me, uh, including people like Luke Gallows, uh, he said when he first go, went over there for the first time, he had a problem with the communication uh, situation. Uh, aside from certain individuals that knew uh, English, uh, did you ever have situations like that over there? Oh yeah, almost every day. Just being girls figure out different drills for training, um, and then when you wouldn't understand things, like they would think it's funny, so then you're getting laughed at, and you're kind of just like, oh, like you feel bad because you don't want to be laughed at. It's supposed to be in middle school again. It's actually it's a rude, that's a humbling experience because you think you're like. A 14-year-old girl laughing at you because you can't do a pin correctly. <laughs> but they can't explain it to you. You're breaking up again, Mr. Ortiz. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. Okay. Uh, and there's a lot of wrestling words in English, like certain and um. And different things like that, so uh, you can put like, but you're you're breaking in and out again. Hello, Miss Ortiz. Hey, I'm here. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, I could hear you now. Yeah, so there's that. Could you leave me off out? Oh, hold on, because let me see if it's my signal. Let me, let me just check here on my my studio. Okay. Do 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 do, because I, we were having studio issues here on our connectivity as well. This is what I was telling you about when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, South Florida. Yeah, my aunt was on beach. I'm talking to her often. Okay. Yeah. So it's it might be looking like it could be us because that we're at a three-bar signal, so it could be us too. So it's uh, I guess it's a mix of both because I know you told me that yeah. your phone is having connectivity problems, but it's not just you. It's it's us too. So uh, I'll just let you know in case if it's me or you, whoever. No one to blame here, but uh, the signals. Oh, gee, can't live with it. And you can't live without it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The, yay, cell yeah. phone service. <laughs> uh, don't, don't you just love the fact? Don't you just love it when we're paying so much money out of our pocket and just to get no. very bad service? Sucks. <laughs> Isn't that don't, the don't best? Don't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would. I would imagine. <laughs> so. I wanted to also ask you this, uh, like two last questions, because I know Ray is over there waiting for his questions. One thing I have to congratulate you on, and I wanted to tell you this, uh, you know, on the phone uh, when we got you on the air, was huge congratulations of making it to one of their to their magazines over there in Japan. If there's one thing that... Yeah, you know, if there's one thing that a lot of people strive for in this business is to one day make it to Japan, needless to say, make it to one of their publications in Japan. <laughs> and being a, you know, someone not from their country, you know, it, it, it's a lot 
you know, when they, you get put on a publication of one of their one of their stuff. Like Medusa was yeah. part of one of their publications when she was over there, uh, when she was known as the London Blaze. And, and, of course, so many more other great female wrestlers before you. But when you were seen on that magazine, Gabby, I could only imagine what was going through your head. Uh, the first thing was, uh, I wish I could read this. And the second thing was, oh, my God, I'm in a magazine. This is the coolest thing ever. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a very sweet experience because I couldn't even see what it was saying about me. But, <laughs> but it was so really cool. I translating it for me, like, a couple of days later. But, <laughs> but it was, Did uh, you ever keep a copy for yourself? Yeah, I gave it to my dad. We live together, though, so it's fine. <laughs> it's with me. <laughs> he can keep it. <laughs> my dad gets all my Oh, magazines. God. This... Like, I give him all my stuff when I travel. He takes, he takes all the posters, all the magazines. Like, it's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> I love this interview so far. You're so bubbly. It's so fun. <laughs> so, and, and he, okay, now... I want to. Well, I'm going to save this question for last because I want to motivate people with it, uh, Ms. Ortiz. Sure. And one of the last things I learned not to do is make sure. And I'm not saying that it's going to happen. Okay. I just want to motivate people out there and motivate them with your story, um, because it motivated the hell out of me. Um, I'm telling you as a person now, not not even as a journalist. I'm telling you as a person. It motivated the living hell out of me when I read the story about you and the fact of what you do that behind it is very, very emotional. And I learned, when was it, Ray? About two weeks ago. One of the things that you don't do is make Ray Ramundo cry before his interviews because then he really Aww. gets stumped. <laughs> so... And you know it to be true, Ray, because when we interviewed Nick, Nick, Nick Tendo and it was your turn, you were almost like, I, I can't even talk. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so basically, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to continue asking a, a few other things after Ray Ramundo's over, and uh, yeah. that, including that one motivational uh, talk with you, Ms. Ortiz, uh, that will probably motivate all of our listeners and including me some more, and including Ray Ramundo, because it's one of those motivational stories that really hits home. So basically, uh, Ray, the microphone is all yours. Hi, Ray. Thank you, George. So, hey, how's it going, Ms. RG? Thanks again, George. I said I was never getting the mic. I'm like, okay, I'll just sit here. I'll ask her a question about <laughs> Jersey All-Pro in a few weeks. I'll Libra. Libra. I'll do it live. I'll do it live. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay, Ms. Ortiz, my first question I always love to ask is, <coughs> sorry about that, what was that one match that you saw that made you think, okay, I actually want to do this? Wrestling is something that interests me now. The one match that I saw, it was actually, it was a semi-recent match. I guess, I don't know, I don't know, time goes by so fast, I can't even tell what year it was. It was a match with Paige and AJ Lee. Like rock music and are short and uh, weird, and I can girls that look like that wrestle. So watching girls, I'm going that that there were girls that kind of looked like me doing it, and I 
oh, can, I can do it too. And it was a particular map of the Philippines. She had, uh, she had uh, not got out, and it was a little bit, but it kind of had, like, but not really, and I just love the emotion behind it, and I was and just, and just calm back. It's so much emotion. Like, into it, I really just loved that moment, and I wanted, I wanted that in my life. Yeah. Interesting. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely was an emotional cue. There was very much story yeah. by it, and everything did go. And it did inspire definitely a lot, because just like the story is, of AJ being inspired by Lita, and it causes so much of a almost domino effect for the future. Yeah, absolutely. So that was definitely a great match. But now to follow up, I always then like to ask, what was the match that you had that then makes you validate, okay, now I'm doing this perfectly, now this is what I want to continue to do? I wouldn't say it was the match that I thought it was perfectly because it's so a match that I've had that I look and I'm like, that's perfect. I think so much every little thing about it when I watched it. But what my first uh, match in Japan, I was like, oh, yeah. It was the most nerve-wracking moment of my life. It was at Yokohama Radiant Hall. It was two days after I landed. I was still super jet-lagged. And I'm like, if I can get through this, I can get through anything. And I got, I was like, wow, I'm, I'm actually okay at this. I can do this. I can, and people want to watch me. If I, people will still be behind me. And they ended up that the door of my and I was over there. So uh, it was the, that first match of the camera. I was like, I got this. I can do this. The further rest of my life if I wanted to. So, that was a big moment for me. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Hey, it was, it was basically, it was a risk. It was either all out there now or, eh, but perfect that you got through it. And now this is why George is blushing, just thinking a 22 year old is in Japan. And he's, he's thinking, God, I'm old right now. It's, it's like George, it's, right now George is our grandpa because he's talking to youngest. So. Screw you. Hey, George, you had to mess, you mess with me on your side, so now I'm going to do it because I'm the next Screw you. Old, so I'm going to start messing. Uh-huh. Listen, Sorry, I'm going to rib myself. Right, I'm going to rib myself here, okay, because she's talking about nerves of wrestling in the Yokohama Hall. You know, if I was 36 and I was wrestling in that sacred venue, I would have had a Yokozuna moment. God, please tell me people understood that joke. Uh, no, no one heard the story of Yokozuna crapping his, his uh, tights during his match with Bret Hart at Madison Square Garden. My boyfriend did tell me about this. I know that story, but it's just like I didn't want to. I didn't want to continue it. Damn George! Damn it, George! Uh, okay, though. Okay, I'm gonna continue the interview. George, right. have a lady on the line, and you're bringing that up. Bringing up. I'm just saying you're I would have had a Yokozuna that. moment. That's all I'm saying. Okay, but anyway, go. Okay, George. I'll continue. Uh, sorry about that, Mr. Keith. Oh, we do know you have trained with Danny Cage, definitely. A guy that is a legend. Being, I am in the New York area, so I've seen the Monster Factory. A few of my um, workers that I've worked with trained over there, like Mike Orlando and such. So, what yeah. is Danny? What's the influence that Danny has left on you, and the the way that you conduct yourself now in wrestling? 
Oh, well, I don't think I would have gotten through Japan if I hadn't um, had conditioning that would be kind of like... You're, you're breaking up again, Mr. Tease. Sorry. Um, when I when I ended up, is that a little better? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yep, we can when hear you. I, um, okay. When I went to Japan, I was um, my cardio was perfect. Yeah, because they and do, and we do it here. So except for the fact it's a monster factor. And I don't know why, but it keeps on cutting out, uh, Ms. Ortiz, just to let you know. Oh, man. Like, we hear you, and then it cuts out. Let me step out out on my... It's a little loud out here. I don't want to... No, it's it's okay. Is that a little bit better? Whatever you have to do. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, he just... And then how to project myself backstage and in the locker room was uh, was a big key on my... my success everywhere I go, it's 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 it stands out. <clears throat> so he he's been super influential in all aspects of my career, but especially in conditioning and my professional conduct within the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I definitely know you must be proud because Candy has has definitely done a lot for, especially the tri-state area. Guys have always said about the Monster Factory just. Definitely making workhorses. If it's not Monster Factory, it's House of Glory. It's Russell Crub. Yeah. That just proves that's always that system works. Um, my next question oh, yeah. then has to be: You're looking forward to Jersey All Pro in a few weeks. What are your thoughts on that Fatal Four Way that you're going to be in? <laughs> uh, I'm with the return of Jersey <laughs> of Jersey All Pro coming back. Yeah, I'm really excited for that show. I I was watching some old some old footage of theirs a couple weeks ago. And it's just like a legendary spot. It's a legendary promotion with the guys that they've gotten to wrestle there. So I'm honored to go and, and wrestle there. Um, so that just that's also exciting. I really don't care what kind of match I got. <laughs> it's like, oh, I just wrestled for the All Pro. That's sick. And then I got my match. And like, I met Kate before. I met her at the Ring of the Tryout. Great, uh, super talented, and legal. So I was a little nervous. Penelope Ford is. Amazing in the ring. The sister is scary. I'm small. I'll figure it out. I only figure it out. So, like, I'm, I'm really just so for it. So I'm. I, I couldn't be more excited for it. I've been thinking about it nonstop since I got booked for it. It's. It's probably mm-hmm. gonna be one of my favorite shows I've done so far. I'm. I'm and you know, Coast to Coast is gonna be on the two. Matt Riddle, he's an MSPW guy. He's gonna be there. I haven't seen him in a long time, so it'll be good. To, it'll be good to see him. Uh, yeah, that yeah, card is definitely stacked. That's going to be yeah. a stacked card. Can't wait. I know a few of my House of Glory brothers, because that's where I've been. Because of House of Glory, they're going to actually... Coast to Coast is actually facing two of my House of Glory brothers in private yeah. party. So that's definitely going to be... It's a little bit of a... I love LSG, because I've worked with him here at BCW in Capital. So it's going to be like, who do I go for? Coast uh, I knew I was walking to that one. I just wanted to say, is it the work or is it, oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, my next question then has to be, uh, yeah. Steve George, I can, oh. ma- I can 
I can lighten the mood too. Not just have to be business. But my next question <laughs> then has to be: You've been to Japan. You've gone around. But where is that one location you do want to end up? Is if it is WWE, if it's Global Force, what's that one company that you're like? When I make it there, I can end it there. Oh, I think the WWE. That's that's the pinnacle. That's what. A lot of people want to go. I know tons of people that are living happy where they are in the Indies, and I'm super proud of them. But that's like where I saw my heroes, you know, battle it out, and I want to be able to call them my peers one day. That's the goal. Um, and if and if it doesn't end up that way, I'll I've done so much, and I'll do so much more for myself in my career. I I, I plan on it. That that I will be happy, but if I ended up in the WWE, I would. That that'd be cool. I could do one match and just be like, all right, I did it. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the goal. That is the goal. Awesome. <laughs> amazing, amazing. No, I do ask because I know a lot of people just having that one opportunity you've had to be in Japan. To me, that's literally my goal is just to make it to Japan. So just one. Yeah. Match no, I. I'll be happy. That's it. So hopefully I'm 19 now. So hopefully, if I follow your plan, maybe in three years I'll be in the same process. But we'll have to wait and see. I can't believe you're three years younger than me. That's weird. I'll be 23 <laughs> next week. So I'm like, ah, like it's happening. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> you can't stop. Gabby, it. why do you have to remind me of that? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> now we made George even what? older now. Gabby, tell you what, when you reach my age, let me know. Even though I'll probably be like an ancient man by then, I'll be like Stop on a walking it. stick and I'll be like, Gabby, how does it feel to be 36? <laughs> With my, anyway. <laughs> oh, God, I can't imagine myself. Uh, let me see, 50, I'll be like about sick. Oh, my God, no. Ugh. Don't think about Sorry, it. Let me get... You're going to get a headache. It's going to be a whole okay. thing. Okay. So Back, to the inter- <laughs> Back to the interview. Back to the interview. Good Lord. Please, Ray, take a I'll be in my late 20s. I'll be okay. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Hey, make sure I'm in a good retirement home, huh? Oh. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Anyway, Ray, continue. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, my, last, my last question, Gabby, so I can pass you back to George has to be this. What would you like to leave your fans as? This is what Gabby Ortiz wants. What's that mark that you want to leave on? This is the career of Gabby Ortiz. Uh, it's inspiring and just a lot of fun. Just a lot of a lot of fun because life is very hard and it can be very sad and uh, it can really break you down sometimes, especially especially with everything going on in the world right now and how many people are suffering. I just want to be able to let people escape and be inspired and just have fun for for if only a couple minutes. That if I can do that to somebody, then then I did my job. So. Perfect. 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 What's happening right now in the world? It's like that was just a perfect moment. So I can't, I can't top that, George. She's all yours, brother. Thank you again, Miss Ortiz. I'll <laughs> Thank see you, you Ray. Thank you, Jersey All Pro. 
See you there. <laughs> I guess let me just talk to my daughter a little bit more. Uh, she's freaking 36 <laughs> versus 23 over here. Anyway, um, okay. No, and, and mind you, great questions, Ray. Uh, like all ser- uh, jokes aside, thank you very much for all your great questions, Ray. Those were phenomenal stuff that we learned about Gabby. Uh, but before we hit uh, the motivational talk of the entire conversation, uh, one thing I did want to ask you, because it just rang in my head, uh, it just, I just reminded myself in a way while you guys were talking. Um, one of the things that a lot of people will be surprised about you, Gabby, is that when they look at you and they see you on Facebook or they see you on on your social medias or your YouTubes, they're going to say, oh, Gabby Ortiz, the wrestler. But one of the things that people will be surprised about is when they actually sit down with you and get to know you, and then you tell them, oh, I'm the secretary of a, a politician. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah. <laughs> then, and then that fan is all turns the whole, that, that fan is sitting there and talking to you goes from Gabby Ortiz, Gabby Ortiz to w- wait what? <laughs> you you're, you're wait what? <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. like you're the best of both worlds. You know you know how to work the politics. You know it, um, because we all know wrestling yeah. has politics in it. It does, yeah. <laughs> you know and and then of course you're also a professional wrestler, so it's kind of like a mix of both things, but. I'm trying to run a wrestling show down here in South Florida in in the city of Sweetwater, Mm -hmm. which we'll talk later about that for future reference, by the way, Gabby. Um, Okay. And and mind you, like, uh, like the city of Sweetwater, a government city, they're funding this. And it's really a lot of pressure when it comes to dealing with government officials and professional wrestling. It's like almost like they say, hey, those two things don't mix. (laughs) <laughs> because they you're do. <laughs> like at least down here in South Florida, that's how they think. It's like, how the hell can you back up, you know, something violent? That that's how people think here in the city. So it's like, yeah. do you deal with that yourself? Because I I don't know what you have dealt with, uh, you know, working with a politician. I don't know if they say, oh my God, Gabby, I saw you on a wrestling magazine, but aren't you this? You know, I don't know what you deal with on a daily basis when it comes to both jobs. Uh, how do you well, uh, juggle with yeah. the two? I figure I just I think it goes it goes hand in hand for me and my schedule because it's only nine to five and there's no weekends, so I can go to training and then do all the shows on the weekends and still have a stable job on top of it. So it works out that way. But keeping the lifestyle, just figuring out how to like maintain those lifestyles without having them intertwine too much. Um, has been a little difficult because people in wrestling ask me about my, my shoot job, and then people at my shoot job ask me about wrestling all the time. It's only, and then when I'm at a job, I'm thinking about a match or gear design, or when I'm at my training, I'm like, oh, my God, wait, I forgot to do the spreadsheet for this thing at work. So all my thoughts jump Everybody's asking me everything, and then sometimes I forget, do I have a match against Mare, or do I have a match against uh, Deanna Fraza this week? I forget. Like, it's always just like... <laughs> I get I get I get all jumbled up inside and the schedule's kind of like it, it it all blurs together but it all feels the same because we're all fighting for something. In my office, we're fighting for equality for everybody, and in the ring, I'm fighting you know for for that win. So I always it's a constant battle that I'm going through all the time with both jobs. So I have to stay strong. I have to stay stay aware and stay you know active and 
and completely engaged in bone. So it gets tired to pull the circuit because I see I, I see the benefit with all of it. I see and I see how how well each thing has been working out for me. So I make it work. I do. Well, Somehow. Well, mind <laughs> you, I have to I, I have to ask you this random question then. Have you ever had a situation where you're wrestling in a in a, in an event and one of the people sitting in the audience is a person that you were just dealing with the paperwork for like a zoning or or an appointment with the the mayor or something? Have you ever had to deal with something like that where you're wrestling in there and then often that person that you literally saw hours ago comes up to you and says, "Hey, you set up my appointment." <laughs> You know, I, I've i almost had situations like that. I've had fans figure out where I work and then try to, like, ask me for certain things oh my that I'm not capable of giving them. And I'm just like, I just have no jurisdiction over that. I'm really sorry. But I'll try to point you in the right direction. So, yeah, oh, wow. it's kind of happened. Not exactly like that, but it's happened. But, but similarly, yeah. Yeah, I've dealt with that. It's fine, well, though. Now you if know how Superman somebody, feels. I'll do it. You, that's funny well, that you say that. Me and my dad were talking about Superman's job today in the car. He was like, like if you guys saw Superman's power, would you be Superman? I'm like, huh, that's a good question. So <laughs> I'm still thinking about that. <laughs> you know what? Not, not saying that you're not dressing up like this, but uh, might as well just change uh, your attire for a suit and glasses. <laughs> just uh, you know what? Do it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, be the Clark Kent. I think uh, you even titled yourself that. I think that's what the uh, the newspaper article that they wrote on you. I think that's what they actually put on the title, right? The Clark Kent of professional that's wrestling or so. I put. That's what I. Put. <laughs> that's what I put for my oh. own personal like LOLs. I was like, oh, I get to be Clark Kent. Cool. <laughs> I love Superman. So. Like I love. I oh God! Don't, don't get me started with the Batman vs Superman because it was a disappointment <laughs> to me, but. <laughs> Especially because uh, Doomsday looked like a freaking gargoyle from Lord of the Rings, but that's, that, that's for a different interview. <laughs> or okay. I, we'll, we'll, or, <laughs> we'll leave that for a special edition nerdy episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> where, yeah, I'm in where we could, Oh, then definitely. Ray, sorry to tell you, but we're having a nerdy episode in the future. Um, <laughs> and Ray... And this is the part where Ray stays quiet because he's like, oh, God. <laughs> anyway, uh, see what I, I mean? I forgot so, but okay. <laughs> so my I'm last question it. here is, my last question here, Ms. Ortiz, and this is the part that I mean to motivate our listeners, motivate us, Sorry. because it surely motivated me. Uh, and I'm almost at the brink of emotion with this because it was a very, very, very great post that you put up. Uh, I actually reached out to you for the first time uh, when you talked about this. And my hat goes off to you because it's one of the hardest things that a person probably ever has to deal with uh, in life. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and you find it as kind of like that reason to keep on pushing forward. And yeah. the thing I'm talking about is, is of course, uh, your mother, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the passing of your mother. And how you use her loss, how you look at her up above in the heavens, and you tell yourself each and every day, this is what I'm fighting for, just for she could continue, uh, for she could always know that her daughter's happy down here on earth, because you're doing what makes you happy. You're surrounded by the people that make you happy. 
and that is a great, great motivational story. Uh, it, it's, it's beyond words of how you use it as so much motivation to not give up, to keep on fighting, uh, no matter what kind of obstacle, uh, meaning how you were just talking about a couple minutes ago uh, with the inspiring part of how you want to inspire others. You have inspired me uh, with that story. And I, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth because obviously <laughs> I'm only speaking from the reader's point of view. But I want yeah. to get your point of view on this matter uh, of how much this has motivated you and, and how your mother has motivated you and, and so on and so forth. Well, you know, it's, it's a cool, it's, it's a sad story. It's always going to be sad. I still have moments where, uh, where I have those, wow, she's really not here kind of moments. She was so involved in my life and everything that I did. So um, I, I still expect to see her when I come home. I do. And I don't. And it's kind of like, damn. And that really gets to me sometimes. It wasn't easy getting to a point where I used it as fuel to motivate me because there were days I was just angry. I just hated life. I hated what happened. I hated that I didn't get more time with her and that there were people coming up to me saying, me, saying to me, like, oh, I know how you're feeling. I know what you're going through that were like, 50-year-old people that lost their mom, like, a week, like, like you know, that lost their mom in their adulthood, like their or late adulthood, and they had their mom their whole life, and I didn't. I lost her at 19 years old, so I was just super mad. I was, like, not this bubbly human being to talk to you right now, but I, I grew from it, and I learned from it, and I remembered who my mom was because my mom was the most bubbly person you could ever meet. That's, like, she was so, she was just the life of the party wherever she went. Um... And I wanted to take her with me everywhere I went. So when I was in Japan, she was with me the whole time. I have her exact eyes, her exact eye color. So when I'm looking at things, I'm looking at them for us, for her and I, because she can't see, she, she's not here. So that motivates me to want to just go and just see the world and, and, and meet people and hear what they have to say about the world and, and learn because I'm learning for us and seeing for us. It's not just for me anymore, you know? That's, that's how I see it. That's how I, I've, that's how I've learned to cope with it. And I think people should cope like that if that helps them. Because when I'm looking at something, I'm like, Mom, isn't this awesome? Like I, like I saw the Tokyo Tower. I was like, thinking, Mom, this is so cool. And she was with me, and that that helped. That helped every day of my life when I'm dealing with everything. So and, I hope everybody and can. And not to get. Can. <laughs> No, and not to get all spiritual with you, and Gabby, like, I know it's a very tough topic to talk about, and, and I want to remind you what I told you in that status uh, when you posted it up, because I know you were very, very emotional. I think it was one of your little spurs of, of anger, like you were just talking about, that sometimes you had that little feeling of anger uh, come yeah. out. And, and I, told you, I told you on that status that I also lost, well, I never got to even meet my uncle. And the reason I'm alive is because of him. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I my, my, yeah, my mother was walking the park, and a gunman came up to her. And if it wasn't for my uncle throwing himself in front of the bullet, I would have been a dead person inside my mom's wound, womb. So, but day in and day out, like you were saying, like your your mom is always with you through your eyes, through your heart, through your mind, through everything. 
my uncle's with me too. I know he is because yeah. sometimes there's moments where you feel like that, che- like that hand hold your chest down, like saying, oh, everything's going to be okay, kid. You know, yeah. don't worry. And, and you feel that. You feel like that presence, like how you were just talking about with the, the Tokyo Tower with your mom. You feel that presence, and it's a presence that's just amazing. And I want you to know, uh, Ms. Ortiz, that peop- a person's never alone. And just your story inspired me so much that I wanted to bring this up here on the show to inspire others, to show that, yes, you might be going through grief, but don't, go, don't let the grief take control of you and let it also be a motivation and be like, hey, your dad, your sister, your mother, your brother, they're not gone. They're with you the entire yeah. time. Yeah. So. And I really appreciate you sharing such an emotional story with us here today. Yeah, people, I, I just, I wish someone, taught, like, coached me through this because I had to do, I had to do it myself. I had to figure it out on my own. Um, not really. I mean, I don't have my dad, but his grief was different. That was his wife. This was my mom. So our grief is different. But there's, there's different ways that we, that we miss her. Uh, so I. I had to figure it out, and I did, and I think, and I really use her and and her spirit all the time, all the time. Well, mind you, so we're I, both Libras. Yeah. We're 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 both <laughs> Libras here, Gabby. So if we ever yeah. need a coaching or we're having one of those situations, I know you have LSG, and and trust me, that man can turn a sad or anger story into a funny story in a blink of an eye. <laughs> but he it, does it all the time. That, that what happened? Wonderful. All the time, yeah, he's and I'm like pissed off. I'm like, God, this person stopped. Me. I'm like, okay, you're right, babe. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I have yet to talk to the guy, and I love the guy talking to the guy. He he's very very <laughs> humble. He's he's very down to earth, and I can't wait to talk to him next week. But hey. We're all friends now, Ms. Ortiz, and by all means, yeah. if, if you're ever having a moment or I'm having a moment, I know that I could reach out to you because you have the, you went through a situation similar to me, and I went through something similar to you. So by all means, mm-hmm. we're, that's what friends are for, right? <laughs> so with that, uh, say again, Ms. Ortiz. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? <laughs> You're breaking up, Ms. Ortiz. What did you say? I said, uh... You're, you're still breaking up. You're I'm sorry. What, say... Sorry about that. Um, is it a little better now? Yeah, it's better. What were you saying? I'm so sorry. Okay. Oh, I was just saying that I was a Facebook message away. Just hit, hit me up like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's my phone awesome. number now, too, so... <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you. Don't don't call this number. You're gonna to talk to some lady that that really haunts us there before the showtime. So, but well, uh, she but could be a new friend. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you really don't want to deal with her. All she knows how to do is, for some reason, she doesn't know past 15 minutes. But anyway, um, <laughs> if, you t- if you ask her for the time, she's only going to tell you 15 minutes. Um, oh. <laughs> am I? 
so anyway, Ms. Ortiz, before you go, let's go ahead and do some plugs. Uh, how can fans follow you on social media? How can bookers get a hold of you for any kind of inquiries? And, of course, I know that, of course, Ray Ramundo spoke about it earlier with uh, Jersey All Pro. Uh, but go ahead and tell the fans where they could catch you next live. They can catch me next at the MSPW. It's called Bernie Jersey. It's at 541 Mansfield Avenue, and it's a free show, so there's no reason not to go. And then my next show is Jersey All Pro, October 21st in Broadway, New Jersey. That's the big event, and and I hope everyone in the area can come on by. Uh, and I, all my social media is, is at Gabity, G-A-B-B-I-T-Y, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want to book me, you can message me on all those things, or you can email me at GabbyOrkeysBookings at gmail.com. I'm easy to get a hold of. Awesome. <laughs> no, definitely not. And Ms. Ortiz, I thank you so very much for your time here on the show. I'll contact you for both uh, my show and a future nerdy episode here on the show uh, where we could talk nice. Superman, Spider-Man, and all that nonsense. Word. Oh, Unless you would love a great episode. Say again, Ms. Ortiz. Ray was talking. What were you saying? I'm sorry? No. LSG would love it, too. He's, a, he's the biggest nerd I know. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. So it'll be a four-man team. You know what? It'll be Team Russell City versus Team uh, LSG, uh, Gabby Ortiz, <laughs> in a nerd-off. And I'll find a judge. Let's I will it. find a judge. I, I, oh, God. Ray, are you in? <laughs> are you, would you be my tag team partner in this? Definitely, brother. Definitely. Nice. Okay. I'm, I'm issuing a challenge to LSG next week that a nerd off <laughs> will happen here on the show. It'll be Ray Ramundo, <laughs> George Alonzo versus Gabby Ortiz and LSG in a nerd off, and I will find a judge to ask all the questions. First person to three wrong questions will lose the contest. That's I'll try to oh, find somebody at Comic Con, George. Wonderful. I'll be at Comic Con, so I'll find us a. You're going to be there? LSG and I will be there. We're team. We're gonna be Team Rocket for Pokemon. So we'll see. Oh God! Come to the headlocks. I'll be with the rest of you. I'm actually helping out with headlocks. So I guess I'll see you guys there. Yeah, definitely. Word. I'll I'll, I'll make sure I find you. Oh God, team! Really, you and LSG are going to be Team Rocket. Yeah. Oh God! I wish I could see pictures of this. Oh God! Double pictures. You'll see, George. I definitely, if I, if I catch up with them, I have to take a pic with them. That'll go, that'll go up on Wrestle City next week. So, Ray, I'm uh, telling you this right now. You're dressing up as Tony Stark, and I'm dressing up as, I don't know, um, <laughs> I'm thinking of who I could I, be. Uh, Captain America. <laughs> oh, fine. Captain, okay, I could be Captain America. You're Tony Stark, Ray. <laughs> And, of course, uh, Team Rocket over there is Team Rocket. So <laughs> it's Marvel versus Pokemon <laughs> here, in, here in a future episode of Russell City Radio. Oh, that should be a very fun episode. Miss Ortiz, <laughs> thank you so very much. <laughs> yeah, thank you, guys. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> Great, thank That's you. That's what we're here for. <laughs> My pleasure. Have a good one, Miss Ortiz. <laughs> you too. Oh, good. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Ray, we have our hands cut yep. off for us, my friend. <laughs> I don't uh, know if we yeah. might win this contest. <laughs> hey, I'll be seeing them at Comic Con, so I'll try to I'll try to see their knowledge then. 
<laughs> well, I'm just saying That's because. Be a busy weekend for me too. So. Well, you better study at this uh, Comic Con because this is a nerd fest that I can't and won't lose. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? Episode, I, though, that was awesome. No, it, it was a fantastic episode. And, Gabby, if you're still listening, here's an added challenge. If I lose this challenge, I will shave my beard off. Oh, God, that's, oh, not, no. a big, that's not a loss. That's, that's not a loss. <laughs> that's a loss for Listen, us. it is a loss for me. It's, it's my look. It's my freaking oh, look. God. I will shave my beard off if I lose this nerd off. Listen, you, you better not make me lose. <laughs> I'll come after God, you, right? I'm going to throw I'm throwing it. I'm throwing the challenge. <laughs> I better not lose uh, this 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 nerd off, Ray. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I better not lose. Anyway, guys, what a great interview we had with Miss Gabby Ortiz, where she opened up a lot about her her mother and how she mo- her mother motivates her her time in Japan, her time with the uh, like mixing in politics with professional wrestling. Of course, her, her upcoming appearance at Jersey All Pro and what match, of course, motivated her to be a professional wrestler. Which what a great match she picked, as a matter of fact, uh, that motivated Definitely. her. But guys. You know, what a fantastic young lady, and for those that was not hearing, uh, next week we're going to have her significant other, her other half, her her ying to her yang, LSG will be here next week, uh, the human rocket will be here next week on our show, and guys, do not expect a serious interview out of that one, because this guy is a human ribbing machine. <laughs> so, so, Ray, I don't know what to expect next week. Uh, you've worked with the guy. It's be interesting. Can you warn me? Uh, it's going to be coast to coast, George. <laughs> that was <laughs> not helpful. That was not helpful information at all. And you, you, why are you giving me an week? evil... Why an evil laugh? I don't get it. Why are you laughing? <laughs> what? <laughs> Guys, I'll see you all, I'll see you all next week. <laughs> well done, welcome to the city. You become Ray, thank God we're off the phone, man. I have to go to the bathroom, bro. I've been holding this freaking piss for <laughs> for half an hour, man. What the hell's wrong with you? Hold your dude ladder, man. I, I fr- Wait. Really, Ray? I saw this time. I I saw your finger touching the goddamn button. We're still freaking.